Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host, Paul Arnold. I'm joined by Ernest Watts and David Arnold, and we're going to talk about sports. Got to talk football. Got to talk about the real football over in Europe and Qatar, if you've been following that. And also what's coming up with the crazy world of free agents, egomaniac soccer players, and that little thing called the NFL. So, Ernest, you are the purveyor of all things sports. Or, or is that on your business card or on the title of your license plate? It's tattooed on my lower lip. No, I, <laughs> you know, when you don't have to announce it to others when people come to me. You are the one. You are the one. I am the one. This is the way. Keanu Reeves. (laughs) Sorry, old one. Old one. Yeah, so what do you think is the most interesting topic right now in sports? Oh, wow. The transfer transfer portal. It's got to be. Yeah, I mean, the number of names that are coming out. Deion Sanders and the transfer portal. Well, it's it's it was interesting. They were talking to uh, Drake May, the quarterback at, at Carolina, and and coach went up to him and said, "You can be back next year." Now he wasn't one of the final four for Heisman, <laughs> but he's one of three quarterbacks to throw for over three thousand yards, forty home runs, and and run for six hundred yards. The other two are Johnny Manziel and a little man who's hanging around for the Kansas City Chiefs, and. Drake said, yeah, I've had offers of $5 million, but I'm, you know, I'm staying here. And it virtually is the Wild Wild West. I mean, I, I like it for the freedom where ballplayers can, can get their worth. Wait, is that $5 million from another program? Yes, he was offered $5 million from another program. I mean, I do like the idea or concept of, of you know, for, it's capitalism. You, yeah, you well, get your say- value. You know, a Tennessee quarterback recruit is getting $8 million. Uh, just imagine what uh, someone who's already proven themselves on the, on a football field yeah, can get, are, you know? It's like, uh, it's crazy. Uh, Eli and, and Peyton's nephew, as I understand it, was getting some big dollar offers. I mean, that's, that's, that's it. I mean, it shows the revenue and everything. And uh, it, it's, it's fascinating to the extent that the school that profited from that last year, Texas A&M, ain't even sniffing a bowl game. I mean, you know, you got to be pretty bad not to go to a bowl game. You've got a losing record and something under five and seven. Like well, Michigan State? Really? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're talking about the NIL, which is a part of it. But the transfer portal, you know who brought in uh, 20 guys last year? It was like 22, I think. You the transfer portal was USC, yeah. USC, yes. LSU did pretty good too. LSU yeah, did pretty see good. how it's so smooth. Start. I mean, you can turn a program around fairly fast. Especially Kyle, you know, so. Go ahead, David. Yeah, so Deion Sanders. I don't know if you've seen his his most recent hires for his coaching <laughs> staff in Colorado. Yeah. Brandon Tim Brewster, who is like the SEC recruiting bag man, um, and Willie Taggart, who is a Florida recruiting bag man um you know he's bringing the transfer portal special here so I'm, I'm excited to see how that happens and just to show how how much the nil and transfer portal has really changed the game michigan today just landed uh, a transfer portal person from from arizona state who had been at arizona state for four years because of covid he still has an extra year of eligibility he was going to go into the draft projected to be a top offensive line draft pick and instead he's going to go to michigan because uh, he thinks he's going to make more money playing one more year yeah the draft so. portals is going to supersede signing day pretty much now, how about the, this the free agency the, well, well here's it's going to keep here. kids in school it's going to keep kids in school who would have oh, thought okay. well yeah if they're borderline prospect if they're not a guaranteed first round draft choice yeah i mean here's how quick it works uh they bench Clemson quarterback at the ACC Championship Saturday night, G- DJ Ugalaye. And thank you for not correcting my pronunciation. Bonus points. I was going to say that was yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, they benched him Saturday night. He's in the portal already. Two days. Two days later, he's in the portal. So the whole life, you know, the idea of having depth is going to go away because kids are going to say, 
I've only got four years of eligibility, and if I ain't starting, I'm departing. That's <laughs> Gary Gary Templeton's speech when he was with the San Diego Padres. Sorry, old reach back Major League Baseball. But that's it. You know, you're not gonna have depth because kids, if they're not playing, if they're not starting, they're going somewhere where they can start. Yeah, I think it's fun and interesting. Uh, and you know, giving the kids a chance to make some money, prove themselves on the football field, and you're seeing some crazy domino effects. As I think UNC has a three- or four-year starter who's transferring yeah. uh, on the defensive side because he wants to improve his draft prospects yeah, for, for next year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the way our defense played, we're not exactly going to miss him. I mean, that's it's 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 gonna. I think it's going to eliminate the Woody Hayes. Frank Cush type of coach. You, Bobby Bowden. Bobby, well, Bobby was more friendly and mostly, but the authoritarian figure yes. uh, is, is out the door because you're going to have to kiss But I mean, you know, but then again, we're talking about morals in college football because you got Auburn that just hired a coach that uh, solicits uh, uh, escorts. And, of course, he went to uh, to – redo his ego hugh freeze went to liberty of course the uh, the bastion of yeah the bastion of morality yeah the president there did some things if you want to find out about it but it's it's that there is no morality in college football i mean that's that's, it's agree with that to start with it is a big profit business we started on an uplifting note today folks well i'm sorry you've got a coach that leaves Louisville to go across the river to Cincinnati, who had a seven-year contract and walked out on that. I mean, well, I, I think Louisville, Louisville, and Scott Satterfield both parted ways happily. Well, oh, yeah, you know, you know what's crazy is they're going to play Louisville and Cincinnati are playing in the bowl Fenway, game. Yeah, Fenway bowl game. Pinstripe. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. A, yes. yeah, the Fenway one, which is in Boston. The second year they've had it up there. But again, it goes back. Morals and everything means nothing. A contract is not worth the handshake. It's done. I mean, that's, yeah, that's well, pretty much well, it. For uplifting side of things, players are finally getting a piece of the billion-dollar pie. So get paid. Go get paid. Yeah, Dad, Dad, is that the story, is that the story gonna, of your year, of your week? What was your story going to be? Um, I think it's one of the big stories, and I, in some ways, as a very selfishly, I like the new portal system because I know Michigan has very deep pockets with alumni. Other schools may have one or two fancy alumni, but Stephen Ross is just the beginning of the big hitter Michigan alumni that quietly are paying these guys big bucks. And the rumor was out that Harbaugh told this kid, this offensive lineman from Arizona State, that he make more money at Michigan next year than he would his first year with the NFL. And the NFL is going to have to look at the way they pay their players. And now the NFL has plenty of money to take care of this, but it's going to cost them more money the way that NIL is happening in college. Well, you know, kids use their eligibility. They're going to have to go to the draft. You're just not going to see as many kids leave. And it is, it is an off year because of COVID, this this is the final year of the COVID, you know, branching out. Well, maybe there might be another year or two where everyone that played in 2020 still has eligibility. So you know, if they were a sophomore that year, they're going to be what a junior this year, you know, officially because the last two years were kind of just one. So so you're getting a domino effect of people that are having their sixth year of football, fifth year of football. Um, and fourth year of football entering the transfer portal. So there's a huge number this year. So uh, we haven't even talked about the college football playoff. Ernest, do you remember the top four you picked at the beginning of the year? Did you come close? I I think I had Georgia, Ohio State, and that was it. Just had two. Because I had Bama in there, and I think I had Oklahoma, which is really a joke. Uh (laughs) I mean, it's, I do think they chickened out, though. I, I, I do think the Ohio State should have been the third-ranked team, and they did not want Ohio State and Michigan to play in the semifinals. They I don't know. TCU went undefeated in the, in the regular same, season. How are you going to punish them? Same record, though. One loss. Oh, neither one of them is no, a no, conference no, no. champ. Not, not, same, not same record. TCU had one more win. 
Well, and yeah, one, but they one. need to play a stronger conference. And, and again, neither one of them are conference champs. Yeah. It'd be interesting yeah. when they go to 12 teams in two years if it'll be guaranteed all the comp, the big five conference, if there are five conferences, uh, guarantee the big five whether they're going to go in. I think they're the. Con- the champs. fun thing the fun thing is the conference champs are going to go in which is going to make it a lot of fun if you have situations like Purdue playing Michigan or Kansas State playing TCU where Kansas State would be looking at you know Kansas State and Utah would be looking at playoff bids right now which I think it's is cool. it, it might be the, the big five is guaranteed and the others at, at large kind that of like the NCAA at large. Yes, that is. And they'll leave. They'll leave one bone. There'll be one slot for a non-top five, where you'll get in a two-lane. The two-lane, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like oh, no, that. no, no. How how? They went for what? One in ten to ten in one or something like that. Yeah, and they beat uh they beat Kansas State, Big yeah. Twelve champion Kansas State. Well, I let's think. let's come back to reality. Alabama okay. has uh-huh. or Clemson have been in the final four, one of the two of them, for the last 10 years. So at toward the end here, Saban was trying to make a case that he should still get in. Are we seeing Saban's reign declining now? Pull up Paul Feinbaum on it. You know, a whole, a whole two oh. losses in one season. Yeah, boy. That's, might as yeah, well. Run him out of town. They just didn't have any wide receivers this year. His, his underclassmen went pro. Even he Clemson only adjustment. went 10 and 2. Which is weird. They made a mistake because they stuck with uh, DJ all year long. You could see the freshman could come in and do a better job. I mean, it just that was loyalty to an upperclassman. I think that cost them a chance because I think if if the kid had quarterback the South Carolina game, mm-hmm. they'd have been ten and one. They would have won the ACC. They would have been one of the top four. You know, I think the best team. Up until a certain point, one of the best was Tennessee. If you look at all the the stats, the team stats, it's such a bummer that Hayden Hooker went down because before he went down, man, they really genuinely were a top three football team this year. I mean, they were like they were everything Ohio State wanted to be this year. They were like USC. They had no defense. Yeah, fantastic offense, but they couldn't stop the wind. I mean, the defense was just. Horrible. And don't forget, Oklahoma's not in it this year. Usually, Oklahoma's in the majority of the Final Fours that we've seen. That's yes. That's a program that really took a deep dive. Uh, unlike unlike ten and two Clemson and Alabama, five and seven uh, going to have some hot seats very oh, quickly yeah. over there. Well, yeah, and they fired some coaches at the beginning of the season for some race-related language they'd use. Hmm. So there's this, it's, remember he came from, uh, Reese came from Clemson, even though he was originally an assistant at Oklahoma. So yeah, that's, that's right. and they're getting ready to join the SEC. So, so, so if they think it's hard now, wait till they're playing Bama and Mississippi and Mississippi State and all those schools. Dad, Dad are you, are you in favor of conference uh, conferences getting rid of divisions and going to conference championship games where it's just one versus two, whoever the best two conference teams are, uh, regardless of divisions, because that's the hot topic right now. And I think the Big Ten is talking about doing that. Um, they're, the, when, they're the only ones left that are keeping divisions. Everybody else is going to the top two teams. And I would like to argue for divisions. But, but Dad, I want to ask you your question. Uh, that question to you, see what your answer was. The reason Big Ten went to divisions is to protect games, the rivalry games, to always be played every year. So, But when you start adding so many teams to Big Ten, um, you have more options and you can still get those rivalry games in. I think it's time to say goodbye to the divisions and just move on. See, and here, here's the two things I would like to see from them keeping divisions is because you get the opportunity, even though the Big Ten East has won each of the last seven or nine conference title games, I really enjoy the fact that Purdue, you know, in a future with a 12-team playoff, has a chance to make the playoff if they can upset Michigan. I like that. I think it's cool. I think it gives it gives hope to teams like that further into the season. Or my big gripe with college football is that you have to be perfect 
in order to win a national title. And the human condition is all about redemption and not perfection. Right. So so college basketball, you lose a couple games at the beginning. Uh, UNC drops out of the top 25 after being ranked number one. Uh, not a shot at you, Ernest. Just just well, an no, observation. I mean, but they could still they can still bounce back and win a national title. Oh, it happens, right? NFL, yeah. you, you go you go nine and nine and eight, and you can still win a a championship. You know, NFL or the NBA and NHL are all the same way. So it, in college football, the obsession with perfection is just too much, almost, right? Um, well, now uh, I feel a little bit different cheering for a thirteen and zero Michigan and a thirteen and zero Georgia now, but. But it is just a little bit too much, and I like the idea of a Purdue or a Kansas State or a Utah sneaking into the playoffs and at least getting a chance. You know, just dance, get the chance to dance, uh, as opposed to Michigan playing Ohio State back to back weeks. You know, that, I think that would be terrible if Michigan Ohio State played one game and, and the first game of a two game series, and you would know that happened in the Pac-12 a few times. Uh, you know, with like a, a Stanford USC or a Stanford UCLA, and they ended up being duds. You know, because you you know the second game is the one that really counts. And I don't want to see that. That's one thing I don't want to see. Speaking of that, there's a big vote coming in a couple weeks where the UCLA may have to decline their invitation into the Big Ten. They are a public school, and because their regents are elected. There are concerns and there's growing momentum that UCLA will not join USC in joining the Big Ten, and the Big Ten may look at Oregon as that next school to replace UCLA. I know. I think the UCLA, the Board of Regents, they want Cal Berkeley going with UCLA if it's going to happen. <laughs> really? I, I th- well, I think that's I think that's what it is. Is that UCLA is leaving behind. Uh, an, another California institution. Now, I mean, that's kind of the deal. But Berkeley doesn't bring anything. Cal Berkeley. I mean, Cal. Well, you're 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 not thinking from the academic standpoint. Side well, of I know, but yeah, I know. That. I'm just I'm just speaking. That's what that's what they're caring about, right? I'm not not agreeing or disagreeing with it. I love Oregon. I think Oregon would be a great pickup. But then or Washington, would... Oregon and Washington. All right, guys, let's switch topics a little bit. While we're talking about our football, the rest of the world is looking at Qatar and what's happening with the certain guys with the one name, you know, like Ronaldo and Messi. And um, So let's start with the, the U.S. team. Did they overachieve or underachieve, David? They achieved. <laughs> they achieved. <laughs> you are a lawyer, I forget. Boy, wow. that, that was a... They they did exactly what they should have done. There there's no doubt about it. They should have beaten Iran. There's no doubt about it that they are about on the same level as Wales. And there's no doubt about it that England is a better team than them. So in in one retros in one perspective, they overachieved by tying England. Oh man, what a boring way for people. You know, so many Americans watch soccer once every four years, and, and to see a team score four goals in four games or three goals in four games how as well plus the netherlands game right where they got smoked um the netherlands is one of the best teams in the world obviously they're the dutch right the orange team they so many great players so i was not shocked to see them kind of wipe the floor with the u.s and the world cup is such a weird tricky thing it's fickle you, know, you get three games to prove your worth, and then, then it's do or die time. After that, uh, after four years of qualifying for the tournament, um, I'll tell you who underachieved. My my other favorite national team, Germany. Germany really had a disappointing time. Um, but yeah, it, USA did did just perfectly fine. Like this is what you should expect. Before this year, here's an interesting fact: Mexico. The nation of Mexico, who previously was the best country in CONCACAF, North America, they made the final 16 and lost in the round of 16 each of the last seven World Cups. Each of the last seven World Cups. So if you want to measure it out, knowing that the United States of America is the best nation 
in soccer in North America, which they are now. They've surpassed Mexico. It's pretty clear. Yeah. Um, being kicked out in the round of 16 makes sense because that's what Mexico has done for the last seven tournaments. Yeah, but there's politics. Two of the best, the two best players from Mexico, refused to play for the coach of Mexico. I mean, that's it, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, there's, I mean, again and again, I mean, there's so much politics behind this. I mean, there's nepotism. The USA coach is the brother of one of the. Mucky Bucks. Yes. USA, USA soccer. soccer is corrupt. They've been yeah. Well, soccer corrupt? I don't sports, believe it. I don't money. believe it. I'm doing my yeah. Casablanca impression. Here's your game. Although, guys, yeah. are we all gonna are we all gonna go to a World Cup game in four years? Atlanta? Uh, if I'm alive. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I mean it, it's I have to be honest, I'm sixty six, I'll be seventy then. Uh, I'll be the same age as Saban is right now. <laughs> and Matt, and Matt hey, Saban took a hit to the face. Yeah, the yeah that was a rough little game. Back to soccer, okay? I mean, listen, I'm a soccer fan. I enjoy soccer. I watch soccer. Uh, I have heard for 50 years that it's going to be the next great sport. And I think a lot of fans of soccer have to realize that like boxing, like hockey, it's a regionalized niche sport. It's it's not like the big boxing, sport. like like boxing <laughs> and hockey. Yeah, boxing, like hockey. Okay, wait, 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 I can take a soccer I'm, ball up here right now, and you can kick it down there in July. Yeah, well, I don't. What? But it's a not niche. a regional okay, sport. A regional niche. Sport. Okay, put it this way: there are big three. There's a big four. Okay, baseball, football. And baseball and football and basketball, big three. Baseball right? is already under baseball becoming a niche with millennials. Sport. It's becoming a regional niche sport. It's already it's already less popular than soccer so among baseball, millennials. So baseball and football are it. They're the big ones. They transcend everything. Agreed. Baseball, Bas- basketball, basketball, and basketball. basketball and football transcend everything. Baseball, hockey, soccer, boxing, the tennis. Golf are niche sports. They have a loyalty, but they're never going to be the next big thing. Let me tell you, Ernest, there's three letters. There's three letters sneaking up on American football. Do you know what those three letters are? Uh, XFL? C-T-E. C-T-E. No. Football's not going to be around in 40 years, man. And I've heard that. There were concussions when I played in the 70s. They're but getting better. Two downs later. That's the that's the difference. I was gonna say, no, football's gonna be around. The death of football is not gonna happen, and the idea that soccer is going to take over America and be the number sports not gonna happen either. I mean, it's just just not. Basketball has a better shot of taking over national sport, which I don't think it will. Football still brings it in. Football draws the there's, ratings. There's room for all three. There's room for all three. I, um, I think soccer is at its high point. If if Okay, when the USA 1980 won the Olympics, I love hockey, you know that. We were all told that it would become a national sport. And it mm-hmm. has, but Gretzky did more for the southernification mm-hmm. in the West Coast advent of hockey. I don't think soccer will ever get to that height. I mean, I everybody. Think- People come in and say, oh, all the kids are playing. Well, the kids play hopscotch, too. I don't see a national yet hopscotch. Well, the <laughs> one the one, the one, one thing you're underestimating, I do think, is the kids playing, yes. But just the cost to play soccer compared to a hockey, compared to anything else, is just baseball so cheap. These days. Well, that's, yeah, that's yeah. baseball. Traveling teams and the cost, because we used to use the same three wooden bats. And now you have to have a high-tempered $300 Oh, that'll bat. In addition to that, I think you look at soccer where everyone can play and does play essentially when they're young. There's a dwindling number of football players, like significantly. There are multiple, multiple high schools in the state of Michigan that made the news because they didn't have enough players to finish out their season. And I think that's going to be an issue with football above anything else is just the dwindling number of players participating. But you got to have uh, other guys to play soccer. Basketball, you can go out and shoot hoops. By yes, I think basketball basketball is the ideal sport just because. Although you yeah. have to be genetically. 
I, I like I said, I'm a soccer fan. I'm not a soccer snob. I, I just don't. I think it's it's a high water mark. I mean, I've seen. We'll see in four three years. Four years will be high water. Mark, three right? yeah. professional leagues go under. I've seen four women's leagues go under. And Although you know, you know how expensive MLS franchises are now. Oh yeah. 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 All right. I think my dad is sleeping in the corner. No, so no. Okay, I'm just almost. What do you think, Paul? Do you do you think? I mean, Paul's almost as old as I am. We've heard soccer <laughs> take over since the '60s. So four years ago, when World Cup, I remember watching the finals. It was Argentina and who was it? It was Germany. Mess- and Ger- was it Germany? That was eight. That was eight. Eight years ago was Argentina, Germany. And then four years ago was France and Croatia. Okay, so eight years ago, I finally understood why people loved soccer more because of the drama, the full-out athleticism it took to play that game by all those players, and just the fatigue and the strategy. It all finally came together to me. But if you had to ask me, okay, what type of sporting event would you watch that you just sure just enjoy from beginning to end? I'm always going to go back to college football. It's always the best, and everything else comes after that. But seeing it in person also helps you understand a sport much better. So I do think LMLS is going to grow. Baseball is going to decline. But I don't see football going anywhere. I mean, you have MMA super popular right now, too. There's always that need for that uh, quick uh, dramatic, violent type sport. I hate to say it that way. That's sort of what no, hockey right. is in the playoffs. But let's okay, get around we, to Ronaldo. Well, well, we can't. Well, okay, I was going to say we had to make our picks. Let's go to Ronaldo first, then we'll make our picks. So he, here's a guy that you sort of say, do I need to hear him one more time in the news? Can he just <laughs> go away? I'm tired of hearing about his drama. Is Ronaldo getting bad press? Is he really this drama queen, or is he just? Getting bad press, David. Yes, he's he's always yeah. he's al- he's always been a drama queen, but he's always been so superior athletically that it hasn't mattered. It hasn't mattered. And he, he's always demanded the world because he could give a team the world. I mean, he he dominated England. Um, and he won a Champions League with Manchester United. Um, and then he went to Real Madrid, the biggest club in the world, and became the star and won three Champions Leagues in a row as the main guy. Um, and then he went to Italy, and he was starting to show his age. He was like 34 at the time, right? So so in soccer, once it's kind of like being a running back in the NFL. Once you hit 30, you know, your legs just naturally start to give out, and your legs are the most important part of your body in soccer. Ronaldo kept on going. He, he wasn't quite the best player in the world, or even top two. just kept on going. And then 37, which he is now, He's asking for the world still, and he's probably the 100th best soccer player in the world, which is still near elite, but it's not elite enough. He didn't even start for Portugal today. Yeah. yeah Portugal And Portugal, who has been struggling for the last four years under the weight of having to start Ronaldo, they hadn't scored more than two goals in, in like over 10 games, and they win 6-1 to one without him, without him starting today. Um, so he's not going to start the rest of the World Cup, almost guaranteed. Um, and it's quietly, just time. And quietly, Messi's having a fairly solid tournament. Yes. I mean, those, no. the, those two are intertwined. Uh, you have to mention one, you have to mention the other. One. You know, Ronaldo, the best comparison I can make is is Ronaldo is one of the most physically gifted. You think of some of the best small forward shooting guards we've seen in the NBA over a long period of time. And, and like, like the Kobe Bryant. I was going to say, little, Kobe is the comparison. Kobe is the comparison where Kobe just dominated and dominated and dominated. And then his last two years, you know, especially after the Achilles injury, he wasn't the same guy, right? He, but he was still out there and he was still smart enough, but he was a top 100 player instead of a top five player. That's what Ronaldo is right now. While Messi is like, the best, you know, the quickest point guards who ever play. You think of like maybe like a Jason Kidd or something like that. Where I they, they got Manu Ginobili. Okay, well, think even well, he's Argentinian, Tina. But like I was trying to think of what, who were the best point guards, and once their speed gave way, they were still able to use their brain to really pick apart defenses because that's what he Messi just, is. 
It's either Jason Kidd or Manu Ginobili. Yeah, no, yeah, Chris yeah. Paul. So like, Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a great Chris example. Chris Paul, where, where Arjun, or Messi was a Chris Paul type, where athletically he could just dominate, even with his size early on, and he's not fast anymore, but he's just so much smarter than everyone else. He doesn't run, but he picks his spots, and he just knows where the next play is going to be before everyone else. And so it's awesome. It's fun to watch. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's oh, my rant. All right, Dad. Okay. So let's make some quick picks, and then we can move on to your next Okay. Okay. I'll go first. I'd love to see this. It's not going to happen, but I'd love to see Brazil and France. Ooh, I would. That would be awesome. I think that's honestly the most likely outcome. France is playing England uh, on the seventh of December when this podcast comes out, and we'll A see. Day that shall live in infamy. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, no, they're playing on Saturday the tenth. Sorry, to disappoint. Oh, you killed there. my Pearl Harbor. No infamy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, okay. So they play. They're going to play in the quarterfinals. So, and then Morocco and Portugal are the other quarterfinal on that side. Um, I think France is the best team. Uh, England is also great, but I'd go with France out of that group. And then on the other side, you have Croatia and Brazil, and then the Netherlands and Argentina. We we desperately, if the soccer gods love us, a Brazil Argentina World Cup semifinal. The hand of God would be amazing. Brazil is the deepest team by a mile. I mean, it is just disgusting would that, how would, good they are. Would Pele rise out of his coma? Seriously, <laughs> <Yeah>. this <laughs> happened. Poor, sad, sad, sad. Yes, I think Brazil's going to win. I think Brazil. Give me a Brazil France. Uh, final or or for the drama, give me an Argentina Portugal final where Ronaldo doesn't start and Messi does start. <laughs> and Messi scores the winning goal. I got or France. or Ronaldo comes on as a substitute and scores a winning goal. There's a lot of drama, man. It's all I, there. I, I hate to be the ugly American, but I only get to listen to a couple games on the radio at work. I mean, it's just I. I'll be glad in four years when it's prime time. I really will. Yeah, and in the summer. I mean, yeah, I mean winter, we don't need the winter. Up. Four years ago, it was the same time period being in Russia. and No, no, no. It was in the summer still. It was in the summer No, still. no, no, no. Time of the day. I'm talking oh, about time of the day. yes, gotcha. Those four o'clock games, I just have to catch later. And yeah. again, that's the time of the day, not the season of the year. Yeah. It's going to I be mean, a blast. I mean, they had to pay a huge rebate back to Fox for <laughs> being in the winter. And I guess they used that rebate to hire John Hamm to play Santa Claus <laughs> on commercials. And Morgan Freeman to come do the opening okay. ceremony. Um, you, you know, in America, it's going to be so fun. Unlike the Olympics, you know, the Olympics are in one city, one metropolitan area. The World Cup is going to be across the entire United States and Mexico and Canada. David, that's going to be really cool. I remember. I've, 92 was the last time it happened. I yeah, was 94. Yeah, 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 I yeah. was in Orlando when Ireland played. Uh, <laughs> Who did they play? Ireland played uh, Portugal. That was the last uh, time Ireland made a. Yeah, yeah, up. yeah. I like wow. so I have my uh, McDonald's World Cup '92 hat. I'm looking at it right now. That's great. That's fantastic. I hope I, fantastic. in four years, that's a date. All four of us will go to Atlanta. There you go. Right. All right. Well, let's start turning toward the NBA because you guys both love the NBA, and we're what about a quarter of the season in now, and you're starting to see some trends. Ernest, what is a, a team that you think is up and coming that's going to make some noise in the playoffs this year, and what team is overrated? Oh, wow. Up and coming. The Kings have been a surprise. They just can't do it at home. <laughs> uh, the Kings have been a surprise. I think how good the Celtics are. I mean, they – Yeah, not missing now. their coach. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Uh, who couldn't get an offer for another job. Uh, New Jersey decided they didn't want the drama. Uh, Like I said, uh, the Kings and the Celtics have been a surprise who's been a disappointment. 
well, my Hornets, but that's that's because Lamelo's been injured, and because Miles Bridges is toxic right now. They can't touch him and sign him. So that's two starters for Steve Clifford, who's a new coach, and I doubt he'll last a year. But then <laughs> uh, we may be tanking for Victor Wintiyama. Yes. Get that right. Wimbiano, Wimbiano. Well, yeah, Wintiyama. Yes, we yeah. may be tanking for him, so that might be all right. Uh, I think the Knicks aren't as good as we thought they were. Miami is a big disappointment. There's a lot of disappointment. I, I really kind of, I, I just think and of Bulls. like the Bulls I, are a disappointment. Well, I put like teams like Miami. Golden State, who's tenth in the conference, Western yeah. Conference. I put teams like that in the in the wake me up when it's March well, category. Yeah, but it's an age factor. I mean, yeah, Lowry, yeah I know. Third, Lowry's thirty-seven years old. He just can't play point guard, yeah. and he is he's why they made a commitment in Miami to him. And I, I there's still some rumblings. I I don't know if Golden State can turn it on because they just can't flip a switch. I mean. The Celtics look like one of those generational teams. I mean, yeah, I, it, it kind of feels like the Celtics and the Suns by default this year. Where, where, you know, sometimes as a team in any sport, you get a lot of momentum behind you. And you have all of the talent and you're close to the precipice. And then you fail right at the finish line one year. And it's like the next year through inertia, it just happens, right? You just see a lot of teams end up in that situation where they just come out and they're just ready to win, and it's just time. And I think of the Celtics as kind of being like that right now where it's just going to be their year, and I could see it just happening. Or the Suns, one of those two teams. How about Memphis? Or Milwaukee? Before we get to them, that Brogdon pickup was big for the Celtics. Yes. And that kind of flew under the radar because they got a defensively, defense first point guard. And they could get the so called defensive player of the year from handling the ball, which he couldn't do. Now, Memphis, yeah, I mean, they're, they're good, but they've had some injury problems to start with. Milwaukee's getting Middleton back, and that's just going to make them better. And the biggest surprise has to be the Utah Jazz. Uh, just yeah. just being were, 14 after trading everything and everyone and getting all of the draft picks, they're they're shockingly good, right? Like, I mean, and they don't have a bad team once you start looking at the roster. You know, it's not the best, but it's got Mike Conley, uh, it's got Rudy Gay, who you know, and at the end of their careers. But you've got you know, Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, you know, Laurie Markinen. You've got you've got actual pieces. That could that could be something. It's like they've got a lot of the five through ten roster guys, but everyone everyone on their team would be like the sixth or seventh best player somewhere else, and it's working out great. Very similar to Memphis. Memphis does have a superstar, but they have a lot of guys who you have to look at where they played in college. They're not household names. I think Cleveland's underrated. Cleveland's got some talent. I'll tell you. Um, oh, oh, Spider-Man. Donovan Mitchell is really enjoying not having Rudy Gobert to block <laughs> his path to the basket this year. That's that's one of the better backcourts in the NBA. It, it mm-hmm. Since Portland broke theirs up, that might be the best backcourt in the NBA. And the fact that, that um, you've got Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio, and Robin Lopez still hanging on. And don't forget Garland. Don't forget Garland. Yes. But I was Garland, just speaking of Garland guys and 30. Mitchell. Yeah, but Garland and Mitchell is a pretty good backcourt, right? There. And you got Karis Levert right, right around the, if he can ever be healthy for yeah. the whole season, you know? It's and, an interesting scenario down in Atlanta, too, with Young and Nate McMillan feuding, with Nate mm-hmm. McMillan telling him if you weren't happy coming off the bench, just don't show up for the game. <laughs> and we, we know how this is going to go because yeah. coaches are a dime a dozen, but superstar players are much harder to find. So I hate that for Nate McMillan, but I don't see him lasting the year. No. 
I would agree with that. But I, the Hawks have too many pieces. Too many pieces to be And they don't not, fit together. They don't, they don't fit, fit at all. I mean, I'm, you know, Shantae Murray, Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, John Collins, Justin Holiday. There's there's a lot of good pieces on that roster. It's the antithesis of Utah and Memphis. Yeah. And they're not complementary pieces. So we haven't mm-hmm. talked at all about Dallas. Does Dallas have a chance this year? If if they can sneak into the playoffs, which they are currently the nine seed at twelve and eleven, you know everyone is just packed together, but <laughs> there's not many games separating them. Brunson Brunson was the big loss. Yeah. And yeah. And, and the Pelicans will go as far as Zion can stay healthy. Hmm. So that'll be a nice first round exit for them. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a talented team and they have complementary pieces, but because uh, you've got three potential all stars, you've got Zion, you've got uh, Ingram, and uh, help me out, David, the guy from Portland. Point guard. Oh, 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 CJ. Yeah, CJ McCollum. Yeah. You've got three all stars on the team. And they have, like I said, they're, they're, they're a good team, but they're going to go as far as Zion. Plus, they only got one basketball. That's, that's an issue. Uh, if you look for a big three, they've got it. I mean, and, and you know the team that really could, I think the real threat in the West to the Phoenix Suns is the Denver Nuggets. They are, they are the team, you know, with... With, I'm, um, I'm starting to worry if Murray will ever return to what he was before. Uh, which would just be terrible. Yeah. Djokovic, or Djokic, deserves so much better. Deserves so much better than to have have a diminished Jamal Murray by his side. That would be one of the big bummers. But we'll get, give him a whole year, man. He tore his ACL. You know, that's... That's going to take a while to come back and, from. And Portland's been better than I thought. They got a great pickup with Sharp, who actually didn't play a minute with Kentucky last year because of eligibility problems, who is mm-hmm. a great three. So they, they, they're playing pretty well together. Portland's been a surprise. So what fan base, Jeremy Grant, in, what fan base in the NBA are you most sorry for? The Charlotte Hornets and the Detroit Pistons. How about the Knicks? Yeah. I the thought Knicks. we well the Knicks. Whoa. You, you, have, to, you have to have the capacity. <laughs> you have to have the capacity to feel sorry for Knicks fans in order to feel sorry for Knicks fans. Um, uh, you know who I yeah. feel the most sorry for at this moment in time in the NBA? Greg Popovich. Brian it out, man. Playing out the string. Playing out the string. I mean, uh, they are. They are. Unless he's unless he's going for the uh the Tim Duncan. Victor Victor Popovich just might hang on another twenty years if they get the number one pick. Uh, they have luck in that. They always get that that slot in that respect. <laughs> we never do. We always get the two slots. I, I thought I knew my Hornets would have problems. I thought the Pistons, but y'all had injury problems also, and it's it's y'all lost Morris, right? Didn't Morris leave? One of the Morse brothers. There's so many Morse brothers out there. It's hard for me to keep um, track of them. For the Pistons? Yeah. He was with mm. the Pistons at one time. We lost so Jeremy Morse Grant. brothers in the offseason. Right, yeah, we, Grant. That's the big one. That's well, we've, I believe it or not, we've gone 40 minutes without talking about the NFL. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure how we did it, but we did it. So let's, let's end strong with the NFL. Um, Baker Mayfield can't stay out of the news. One way or the other, the dude is a lightning rod. And um, he worked his way to get released, and he's now with the L.A. Rams. And I'm thinking, why are we even talking about this guy? So let's have oh, he's a – going to start Thursday. Uh, let's have, have a Baker Mayfield-free podcast. I, I guess I okay. ruined that already. So right now, who do you think um, is going to – I'm thinking, who do you, I'm thinking, what team was predicted to make the playoffs and probably won't? Well, the Rams would be that team, as in who who looks like they might make the playoffs. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I I mean, Chargers and Broncos heard a lot of talk for, and the Packers. 
How about the Buccaneers? I mean, they won, but they don't oh, look solid. Yeah, but they'll make the playoffs. I mean, they're the best of the worst division. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I would say the NFC North is the worst division, but the Vikings are keeping the entire ship afloat. As, as long as he can play at 1 o'clock, that's the whole trick with the Vikings quarterback. Put him in prime time, and he <laughs> will. But if it's a yeah, 1 o'clock game, game, if he's at 4 o'clock or if he's at night, he, he's going to mess up. You know the Lions are actually favored to beat the ten and two Vikings this uh, this Sunday. They're favored. Oh, yeah, I'm they scored what thirty five points two games in a row. Crazy. You know it all started because me and my dad went to our first NFL game. <laughs> oh, you're the inspiration. We you are. We were. We, are. we broke the curse. We broke the curse. Not Peyton Manning. We're the ones. Who uh, who who would you say is the biggest disappointment this year in the NFL? Packers. I'm sure Packers. Pack, even with Aaron. Rogers yeah. broken thumb. They were a Super Bowl contender. Were they? Were they really a Super Bowl contender? They were in the last two NFC Championship games. Kind of by. I mean, the Browns made an AFC Championship game two years ago. I just feel like the Packers have always kind of floated on a miraculous amount of luck um, until Aaron Rodgers has to face a real team in the playoffs, and then <laughs> and the Broncos. You know. How about the Cardinals? Yeah, the Broncos. I was going to say the, the Cardinals were going to be just the Kyler Murray implosion has just I wouldn't I wouldn't touch Kyler Murray. I've been watching the ten it. foot pole. They're on inside. They're on hard knocks in season, and it's train wreck. It really is. I mean, uh, he's to the point where I mean, again, it's cheaper to get a coach than as a player. So I'm pretty much they're going to be a new coach him, there. Him and his, you know, it's funny. Him and Ezekiel Elliott look like they could be cousins <laughs> a little bit with with the hair and everything. And also, and they're both so short. The the minute they both sign their mega contracts, man, they're just like time to clock out. Well, Ezekiel, that's my out. that's my age thirty rule. Yeah. With Kyler, I, it was so much on potential. I mean, he's never put a full season together. Mm. That's that's the issue. I I that may be a full out implosion. But and, see, they're they're kind of like the Broncos. They're 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 wed to them. They signed the long term contract. I mean, it's five more years for the Broncos, and it's seven more. Imagine the, the Broncos. That is bleak because you have Russ and you have no draft picks. Yep, yep. <laughs> there no is a picks. good chance that the Seahawks may get the number one pick. There is a because they would have the Broncos' number one draft pick. That is bleak. It's it's uh, again, quarterbacks that run the mobile quarterbacks just don't succeed after age thirty. I mean, they pay a toll for all those hits over a period of time. Now, surely Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't run enough. He's going to qualify. He's going to be an exception to that. Right? He can move I, a little bit. He's, he's going to lose arm strength. That would be concern me. He's not going to be able to whistle those sidearm throws when he's 32 years old. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's very intelligent, but a lot of throws he makes now, he's not going to be able to make when he's 30 years old. You know, we talk about um, the parody in the NFL. And, of course, this year, naturally, there's some parody. But it just shocks me how little parody there is among divisions in the NFL. Well, there are in, entire divisions that are either terrible or they're all really good. I mean, compared, you know, you have the AFC East where everyone is 500 and above, and you have the NFC East where everyone is above 500. And, and the then South where everybody's under 500. Yeah. You know, parity is just another term for mediocrity. Yes, which is the NFL product this year. I don't know if it's just me, but I just feel like the NFL is just so not good football. Of- yeah, there's been a lot of dog games. It's been bad. It's been bad. And not just on Thursday nights, but just in general. Even the, the Lions-Packers game we went to a few weeks ago, it was fun because the Lions are just so ridiculous, right? They're like the sideshow Bob of the NFL. You just <laughs> never know. What you're, gonna get. you're either going to get a team that doesn't force a punt the entire game or you're going to get a team that never punts for an entire game or you're going to get – uh, an eight to nothing lead at the end of the first quarter. Um, I had three three red zone interceptions. 
you got an emotional coach. They're going to team that lives off emotion. And that's why you don't know what you're going to get. Cause you can't maintain emotion for, for 18 weeks. That's what about Mike McDaniel? How do you feel about him? He is, he is like the most entertaining coach, this side of Deion Sanders, but he is just so much fun, man. I just want the best for him. I don't know if I believe in him. I don't either until playoff. Can you believe the Titans firing their GM while being in first place? Power play, man. Somebody, he, he, well, they had to blame this. No, it's the Brown trade to the East. How about, how about we remember that the AFC South has the four and eight Colts, the four and eight Jaguars, and the one and 10, one, 10 and one Texans as part of the division. Well, they're blaming the Brown trade to the Eagles and, and because they couldn't afford him and what they had with Tannehill and everybody else on that squad. Now they have no wide receivers. But again, I've never heard of a first-place team, a team that's been in the playoffs the last five years, a team that three, two years ago was in the AFC championship game, fire the GM. And, you know, that just goes to show no one's safe in that respect. Who's your pick? Super Bowls, gentlemen. It's got to be. It's got to be the Eagles at this point, right? You know what I really want? I want the Eagles and the Dolphins. Uh, I want uh, Jalen Hurts and Tua. No. Give me Jalen and Tua for the storyline. Smith for the Eagles. Uh, yes. Uh, it's Alabama and Hurts. So it would be uh, Alabama. And, and Jalen Waddle, game. right? And Waddle, an uh, Alabama alumni meeting. It would be appropriate. It would be appropriate. Uh, I, I mean, I love Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They're, I feel like they're hard to hate because Mahomes, Kelsey are very likable people, love Andy Reid, but it, it'd either be the Dolphins or the Bills. Who? How about this? Who gets the home game in January between the Bills and the Dolphins will decide who goes to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. That is a big Maybe if you're the Bills, you might want to throw that game just so you can play a game in Miami instead of Buffalo, uh, just just to not have to deal with it. But up to a couple of weeks, up till Sunday, I would have said Briscoe and Buffalo, but <laughs> not with Purdy being the quarterback, which he did a solid job at Iowa State. I guess it's going to be Philadelphia. The, and Buffalo. the Rams signing Baker feels spiteful. That oh, spiteful. yeah. Well, of course it was. <laughs> he didn't want a super team, but, well, he wasn't I mean, in the Super Bowl. He can't throw deep anymore. He cannot. I've seen it enough. Who? Baker? Baker cannot throw deep anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he had, he can't even throw a, he can't throw a 15-yard down and out. He does not have the arm strength to do that. I mean, he is – he's toast. W- wouldn't, wouldn't the best storyline in the NFL playoffs this year – be Hawaii's very own Tua, who plays in Miami, having to go up to Buffalo for an NFL playoff game. Ooh. I'm just, <laughs> there's no that, way. Like, there's that, no way. So that's why I had Frisco in Buffalo, because cold weather, teams that run the ball tend to succeed in playoffs. I I genuinely believe it's, you know, the Bills are 9-3, and three, the Dolphins are 8-4. and four. Whoever gets that home field advantage... There's your Super Bowl favorite right there out of the AFC. There's there's no one from the North. I don't think the Bengals are good enough or as good as the Bills. The AFC South isn't doing it. I guess Kansas City is the one, the one threat there. Well, the but. Bengals' game plan last year was essentially keep it close to the fourth quarter and let our kicker win the game. Yeah, that's how they won all their playoff games. So, yeah, no, I don't see the Bengals and, and the Chiefs, but if the Chiefs have to go to Buffalo, they've already lost one time there. Uh, you know, and, and the Titans are limited offensively. They have no there wide just, receivers now. There are too many NFL teams. I know there's no, there would never, ever be a scenario where they would reduce the number of teams. Ah. But, like, I just don't think there's enough good professional football players to fill <laughs> Goodell wants a European division. Did you hear him? Goodell wants the NFL was like NFL Europe division. The, the Paris, it is Germany. just so watered down. Ugh. 
Well, they'll make rules adjustments. To keep it's it all about money, money, money. So yeah. there you go. Hey, Filthy, Filthy Lucre. We both said at the same yeah, time. Yeah. All right, that's a part of the confusion classic. All right, guys, your final takes here as we wrap this baby up. Ernest. A sad goodbye to two guys of my childhood who have passed in the last couple of days. One was John Hadel, who was always unique because he wore the number 21 playing quarterback for the Chargers and the Packers and the Rams. And it's just unusual to see quarterbacks with those type of numbers back then. But he was underrated. When he retired in 76, he was a third-rated quarterback, of course. The game has changed, and people have forgotten him, but him and Lance all were. And you could not watch boxing in the 80s and 90s without hearing the scratchy voice of Miles Lane, the official in boxing. Miles Lane passed away this day, and he was a much as an icon on TV as he was in the boxing rings. And I know boxing has virtually died because if I asked either one of these gentlemen who the heavyweight champion was, they probably couldn't Fury, name him. Fury. Tyson Fury, ding, 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 Paul wins. But uh, Miles Lane was always uh, HBO boxing. You always see him explaining the fights, and you see him in the big fights. He actually was the referee in the ring for the infamous uh, Holly Fields Eric being bitten by Mike Tyson <laughs> with the helicopter man landing in the ring during the fight. <laughs> David, last words. Well, it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, I, and I can say that since I, you know, working oh, for the University of Michigan. Me. Uh, yeah. David, why in the world do you have a game like Kentucky and Michigan played in London, England? Oh, is it college basketball? Yes. Yes. <laughs> We're in football world? heaven right now. We're not worried you're, about you're basketball. You're not going to sell T-shirts or hats in Michigan and. In Kentucky, that game should be not played. Kentucky. There's, there's no one, there's no one from England who that, wants a Kentucky hat. But Michigan travels. University of Michigan, you know, is the 17th best university in the world. Um, yeah, the, the, that that should have been travels. played at Ford Field. That's a game that should have been played at Ford Field. Now, I'm not concerned about college basketball. But I'll tell you what. When I was growing up, I was a huge Michigan fan naturally because my dad. You know, just giant University of Michigan fan. And also, since my mom was from Georgia, huge University of Georgia fan. We still have the Coca-Cola bottles with with a famous, great, you know, don't, uh, don't, don't football player. Name. Oh, don't yeah. Don't say his name. Don't say don't. his name. He's gone. He's gone. Whatever used to be of him. CTE, Ernest. We talked about it. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so he's a huge Georgia fan, huge Michigan fan. And I always thought they were mirror images of each other. You know, kind of like bizarro world versions of each other. Both always choked in huge games. You could always trust Georgia to lose at least a few times during the regular season. Michigan, same. Even though they had the best rosters. Um, pinch me. Now, 2022, and the University of Michigan and Georgia are both undefeated. And both get a chance to beat <coughs> the Ohio State University. So, I'm just licking my chops, ready for Georgia to, to put... Uh, the dirt over top Ohio State's casket, and uh, enjoy it. Yeah, Michigan and Georgia, top two teams in the nation. That's a lot of fun for me. What about you, Dad? Yeah, that's it's just great to be a Wolverine. As Harbaugh was said, who has it better than us? Nobody right now. And, you know, two years ago when COVID hit and they had to cancel season halfway through and they were two and four, Everybody thought Harbaugh was gone because he'd be forced out. The boosters wouldn't want him anymore. He didn't go. Uh, then last year, NFL, he sniffed around. He didn't go. And this year, he looks happy as a clam. He's got everything lined up. He's got a good defense. He's made the changes when he needed to. I guess he gets the Perseverance Award. He just hung in there, and it's paid off, and we're enjoying it. This won't last forever, but, man, you got to enjoy it when it's there. So, I mean, Thanks, thanks to the COVID season, Ohio State hasn't beaten Michigan this decade. <laughs> Just remember that. Hey, hang yeah, on to it's that. It's been over a thousand days, right? All right. A thousand days. For David Arnold, Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold. Thanks for listening. Comments, questions, email me at gobluearnold at gmail. If you hadn't heard before, that's always what I say. And have a good night. Go Blue.